Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But I mean, Judas Priest is like, oh, please, no. Yeah, yeah, they're bad. I mean, but, I love another thing coming is a great song. Couple I was about to ask, what, that's, that's what you think the best Judas Priest song is? Uh, breaking the law, breaking the law. It's good. I think I think you got another thing coming is my favorite just because I, I I just I think it's fun and it's got like a bridge it's got that cool little halftime bridge but there's other ones I like what's yours I don't have one I think they suck oh, okay there you go. <laughs> I like free wheel I like free wheel burning for no reason I thought that song was good but All they right. have some songs that are so they have some songs that are so unbelievably bad like if you go to Spotify and do a couple, do like the this is Judas Priest. You'll be like, this is hot garbage really, really quick. 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. Fellas, it is on. How is it going? Am I too loud? Too loud. I'm excited. No, no, it's I'm my excited. fault. I had the headphone level set for normal tent, not exciting tent. So I'm excited. (laughs) Welcome to 50 Years of Music with 50 Year Old White Guys on the Electricast Podcast Network. Uh, I've got the uh, the folks reaching out on threads. Thank you. That is where it is best to reach us uh, because Elon Musk is a a terrible, evil person. Right? Fair, fair. Ben Barton, uh, you are in your safe space in uh, knoxville tennessee correct that's right excellent excellent jeff simons it would appear since you have fuzzied your background that you might be are you in the sphere right now well i'm not now but i sure was this weekend i was lucky enough my buddy phil hooked me up with one of his fan club tickets and i went and saw the u2 sphere show show number four all right, now pa- pause. What is the Sphere? The Sphere is the most spectacular <laughs> music venue I've ever been in. It is a twenty thousand seat performance space that is not an arena. It's not anything else. It's not a basketball arena. It's not multi-purpose. It's a it's a performance space, and it goes. I mean, there's a ground. There's people on the ground floor, and then it goes crazy straight up one side and the other entire side of the sphere is a gigantic interactive video screen and uh i was completely prepared to be impressed but it um it also has dolby atmos sound wherever you're sitting there's 160,000 speakers in the ceiling and all wow. around um and yeah it, it completely 
blew my mind. It was not the best show I've ever seen, but it might have been the best show I've ever seen, just in terms of the the jaw dropping. I threw my hands up in disbelief like 11 or 12 times at like the visuals and the quality uh, of the sounds. Yeah, so, I couldn't so, believe it. So let's unpack that a little bit as far as the space that you're in. Like, how does it compare uh, to Lupo's Heartbreak Hotel? Um, <laughs> so I would say it's the best sounding space I've ever been in that where huh. somebody was, was using a PA. Like, obviously, if somebody's just sitting next to you playing the guitar or you're in a little tiny place and someone's just performing in a, in a tiny space, that, that sounds really good. But in once you involve electricity or microphones, this is the best sounding show I've ever seen in my life. And it's not even close. Like the sound, I was five rows from the top. I was uh -huh. like, and the worst, I mean, nosebleeds of the nosebleeds, they were ants down because it's straight up. The pitch is like straight up and right. down. You're like, I'm looking down on the top of them. And it sounded like I was in the third row. But it sounded like I was in the third row wearing like quality headphones. I could hear the pick scraping on the bass. I could hear like the individual notes on the hi-hat. I, you know, like wow. it was, it was, if they were right there. And then when it's over and you're applauding, you can hear the like couple hundred people around you, but the giant cheer is like this quiet, like wave kind of in the background. So you, you're not crushed by crowd noise. Um, I mean, my ears ring 24 hours a day pretty substantially right, right. my friends my friends were not ringing at the end of the show even though it was really nice and loud like like the, you know you could feel the kick drum in your chest but they had complete wow. control all the amps are underneath the stage and they had the drums and plexiglass so they had control over there was no ambient noise it was just the mix and they had complete control over it no matter where you were sitting so, so is the screen, the video screen, like we see? It's this not, okay, so not a video screen. Like the entire sphere from behind me all the way to the floor behind the stage and all the way until the seats start is one giant screen. And it can become anything. And I just can't overemphasize <laughs> how, how fucking crazy the <laughs> visuals were. Like I literally was like, I, I I was like, what am I looking at? Uh, uh, but, they only used it on like 14 of the 22 songs. So it was special every time they didn't overuse it. But each song had a different like theme and approach. And it, it did things you didn't know it could do as each song happened. But, like, but is it, I mean, is it a, is it a video of them singing? Like for the no. guy in the bad seats, you're like looking at Bono. No, no, that was that sometimes, but no, it was like, uh, I mean, the first song, it, when I came in, it was like a brick wall. And I was like, oh, that must be what it looks like before they turn on the screen. But then they started playing. And for every kick drum, like the brick wall started to lose chunks and like fake <laughs> sand came down. And then it broke open. And then it was the band. But then it disappeared and it became a giant like spray of words and colors and ones and zeros for the fly. And then it became this pastiche of Vegas culture for even better than the real thing. And then wow. Wild Horses, it was fiery sparks behind us. And then behind them became this like beautiful lake with like a fiery flag reflecting in it. Dude, it's <laughs> it's crazy. It was crazy. It, I was like, I I I was just laughing two or three times. Right. Just, and then and then sometimes the stage itself was the monitor. So like they were projecting themselves underneath their own feet 
the stage changed colors six or seven times. Like it was so clever. It was so well. And it was the most unscripted U2 show I've seen since the Joshua Tree tour. Like they didn't use a click track for like a third or half of the show. Um, They audibled in the middle. Like they, they decided to do two different songs that were on the set list. They interacted with the audience. Don't they play Octon Baby in order? No, actually, to their great credit, they play the whole record, but they mixed it up. So they play half of Octoon Baby, but in a really in a really satisfying order. And then they did like a five song, like uh, it was kind of stripped down and kind of not. Then they did the second half of Octoon Baby, and then they did like a 35 minute greatest hits closer. Oh, wow. So it's, I mean, because the Joshua Tree show, they just played that record in order, period. And then they did an, an encore after. Yeah, that it was. It was two hours and 10 minutes with no encore break. It was like, like the lights went out, they came on and shit went crazy for two hours and 10 minutes. And then it was over. They played 22 songs and it was a really, I I actually, I had not remembered how much I liked Octoon Baby. And, and, and the part that was so cool was they kept the tracks and overdubs used to a really bare minimum. Like, you know, U2 shows got more and more and more and more like reliant on the back and like having the tracks. Yeah. Uh, and like 90% of the show is a three piece rock band with a singer. Like Adam cool. made some mistakes. Edge had some pick squeak. But it was that was what was so cool about it. Is I was like, this is the most technologically spectacular thing I've ever seen in my life, period. And it's a three, it's a four person rock show. Like they sounded like a band in a club surrounded by this spectacular technology and the marriage of that, like it really felt human, like deeply human, even though like I was, I was just far away from gobs- them. And, gobsmacked yeah. by the technology. Yeah. What? Well, you so, know who the, the uh, brilliant mind is behind the sphere. No, please tell me it's not somebody who I James Dolan. Oh, that's right. Oh. It's the mix. It's the, the owner mix of owner. the New York Knickerbockers. Really? Uh, totally useless human being. Oh, one, can, <laughs> one can only hope his blues band will be playing the sphere sometime Correct. soon. Yeah, this is a guy who uh, <laughs> inherited the ownership of the Knicks and the Rangers and Madison Square Garden and Cablevision from his much more able father. Thank God. And this, is not, this part's not his fault. I mean, he's had a whole bunch of substance abuse problems. Um but he's managed to come out of that. But he's not managed to come out of that unscathed or being a good human or a good owner <laughs> of these various things. No. Nick, well, his, this is his, fans his are real not passion fans. is music and his real passion is his blues band. And he's uh, like, so for example, his blues band has opened for the Eagles. When the Eagles played yeah. a basketball garden, he gave, them, he gave them more money so that he could open for them. And then <laughs> Like I've opened for the Eagles. Twenty five, you know, twenty thousand screaming people loved me before the Eagles, and I was like, they were screaming, but that was not love. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, this, this anyhow, be- so I'm so all of that being said, it's really hard for me to accept that this this worked out. Like I just I can't believe that he managed to spend all this money and that it's actually kind of cool. Even before he did it, when the when the NBA summer stuff was on, they turned the outside of it into a basketball, and I yeah. was like, that, that does look like it's sort of cool. And then when I heard that the first act's going to be U2, I mean, you, you'll recall this. I mean, the Joshua Tree, the visuals on that, yes, just a screen behind them with movies. The movies were so beautiful. It was I mean, incredible, I, I, right? 
Yeah. It's Mothers, Mothers of the Disappeared is the name yeah. of that song, right? So I don't like that song. By that part of, of Joshua Tree, I'm like, this is the part where I would take the needle off and give up. Um, the, the movie that went with that was so powerful and moving, like this beautiful black and white tour yeah. through South America with like sad looking women, which of course perfectly fit the song. So when I heard they were going to do it in the sphere, I was like, wow, this could really, could really be good. So I'm thrilled. And it was, it was, yeah. I mean, I saw that tour and I thought that was the most spectacular video screen I'd ever seen. And that those visuals were so powerfully connected. And this just took it to a completely other level. Like, it's so immersive. I felt like, I, I mean, I felt like I had the perfect seat and I had the worst seat in the house. I can't imagine what it's like sitting in the middle. Have we discussed the ABBA show in London? No. All right. So the, the precursor to this is the ABBA show in London. So they brought in the remaining members of ABBA and they put them in those suits with the sensors on them. And they had them play an entire ABBA show. And so they have all the movements, the natural oh, movement yeah. of the band, except it's an old band, but they don't, the band doesn't appear. It's a hologram of the band. And because they have the shapes, they can make whatever shape they want. So it's ABBA 1978 yep. moving as, as ABBA 2018 would do. Um, and it's in this, I don't know, it's like a six or 7,000 seat arena right by the London Eye in London. And you come in. And you watch a hologram ABBA play the show (laughs) and it's sold out for like, it's like 250 pounds per seat and it's sold out for the next year and a half. Nobody can get into it. And people love it. Yeah. And you know, Kiss is next. Kiss is doing it next. They've already been filmed. Oh dude. First of all, next. I mean, this is like, like they're still going to, presumably there will still be live acts with actual live people um, that are not in spheres, (laughs) but it's not clear. Like, I mean, this may be the future of the that that part of the entertainment. Well, I will say, like, I'm sure that it's fun, but this was so human. Like, it was Dude, like here's the, it can't, here's the thing. When you play against a, a video screen, the songs are the same are the, are the same length. They're not. I mean, it's not a it's not a show the way I would prefer to see a show. Yeah, you, yeah, I know. Example, I know what you're saying. Shemmel, and I, and I'm, sent me a I'm 92 Pearl Jam video. Right. And you have a, you and because of you, I have, I don't know, a half a dozen dozen bootlegs from those years. And the why go like all of those songs are between five and eight minutes long. Like they're different yep. every night. They're doing different things. Um, and you just can't do that in the sphere. You can't, well, you could, depending on how you use it. Like what they did yeah. was they had, they had 14 songs that were choreographed by length and they didn't stretch them out. And then they, they didn't use the crazy visuals for eight songs. They, they close lit the stage and they played and they audibled and they took breaks and, and they were like, they were, it, and that was so important. Like if it had just been like 20 set pieces, I still would have been blown away, but I would have had that. Like, uh, I felt like, I mean, that's, I felt Too like the show, right? right but this right. they they were brilliant and not like over relying oh, right. that's, on that's the technology. Amazing. That was pretty cool. Are they playing but, every night? Like how many nights are they taking off a week? They're only playing two or three nights a week. So Bono's oh, voice, crazy. I got. I mean, that was the biggest surprise. Like Bono's usually my least favorite part of a U two show by some stretch. He sounded incredible. Like he sounded incredible, and it wasn't a track, and it wasn't like it. He was really singing because he was missing occasionally, and he was like changing he changed a lot of lyrics he changed melodies but i think only singing twice three times a week he's in good voice and because they've had complete control he's not screaming like he's just singing like how, like, how long are they going to be there till through december 
And then I, I'm, I think a really fun game will be who are the next five acts to play the sphere. Like my friend Phil and I were thinking about it, like the stones with this new album, I would be really surprised if they don't, because they can, they can do the holographic thing. They can rely on, like they yeah. can rely on it to prop them up. I, yeah, they I, did I, it though. I mean, like the seats would have to be a thousand bucks each for the stones to do it. Yeah. But I think I, I gotta be honest, man, like anybody will pay. I mean, we were so lucky to pay 140. Like 140 felt like exactly what I mean. I felt about right. Like I was like that was 140 dollars worth of entertainment. People are paying a thousand now in the secondary market for this show. Um, but I think uh, I think Lady Gaga is a natural. I think Taylor Swift is a natural. Taylor Swift is way too big for that. I think she, she could charge ten thousand dollars a seat. I think there'll be an <laughs> audience for it. I mean, wow. I just. I know Fish is talking to him, which I think is hilarious. Yes, that would be great. The ultimate non-synchronous band wants in. So it'll be really interesting to see who goes in there and, and wants to do it. Well, it'd be cool. Closing story. Rolling, I love that, Jeff. They, it'd be cool if the Rolling <laughs> Stones did it because they've got those great videos um, from the Harlem Shuffle, right? That could be part of <laughs> the sphere backdrop. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just I just I can't. Eventually, you will go to a show in a theater like this. They're going to build a bunch of them. And right. Uh, I can't wait. to I can't wait for you to see one of these things and be like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. It's going to be great. My old my old neighborhood's doing good. good and I'm see. seeing Wilco at the Greek Theater, which is my favorite venue in the world next Saturday. And I'm, I'm so interested to see what it'll be like to see. My, one of my favorite bands and one of my favorite venues in a more traditional rock show setting and and compare and like, can it land yeah. the way without that that melt, did? Without melting clocks and it doesn't happen. I burst I burst out laughing in disbelief at the end of four or five songs because I couldn't believe how powerful the marriage of the sound and the experience and the visuals wow. were. Yeah. So hey, cool. Uh, uh, three different acts that have been discussed on this podcast released new albums this week. Yeah, to put them in order. Of oh, the I love it. Distance. Oh, first, Let's, can you name the three acts, Jeff? That put out albums this week? Yeah, last last Friday was the release date. Oh, um, well, Wilco's one. Yeah, right, right. Cousin. Cousin. Right? Okay, good. Yeah, I got nothing. What else? Jeff? No, no, no. Go, Ben. Uh, all right, so Sufi and Stevens. Yeah, I knew that. Dang it. Put those in order in terms of downloads. And not downloads. I mean, listens on Spotify. Wait, what was, what, what was the, the third, third one? Sorry? Uh, the new Drake record. Oh, uh, right. Oh, uh, I, I assume it goes Drake, Sufi and Stevens, Wilco. Ditto. I, that is right. How is it possible that Sufi and Stevens is bigger than Wilco? Yeah. Because it's been a long break. I think Dude, the, the fact- Wilco numbers were really low. Yeah. I, I also think that's, a, that's an audience that uh, buys the CDs. I mean, I think that's partially right, but I think that the, they're like putting out a country album every six months. They've been attempting to murder their fan base. I'm totally <laughs> serious. You might be right. You might be right. And what's the early take on Cousin? Uh, better than the last couple because it's not all country. Um, my new take is that he's got to stop writing songs on the acoustic guitar. No, right. Every yes. even yeah. though it's not a country record, every song is an acoustic guitar song where they're yeah. layering things that are way more interesting on top of it. He's got to write with an electric guitar or write on a piano or write something. I mean, he's at a real rut, in my opinion. 
Well, it's funny. He's not in a rut. He's so prolific as to have like he's repeating himself. Like that's yeah, a deep he's, rock. He's, he's written. Deep he's written. Rock. A, but he's, he's not in a rut. He's written 150 songs in the last like 18 months, but they're they appear to be all in his uh, living room. Yeah, with the right. same guitar. Doing doing his soft voice thing. I'm like, how about if you sing? You know, not, not everything has to be kind of a whisper. I'll be really interested to see what the show is. The show is two hours of the of the soft country stuff. I, I don't know how that's going to be to sit through. Dude, I mean, I can tell you I saw him in Knoxville six months ago and it was great. Okay. It, it wasn't like an all-time Wilco show, but it was still great. And even the country stuff was so much better. I mean, yeah. they're just so much better live. Well, yep. I love I love the fact that we are um, coming out of the gate uh, true to form as 50-year-old white guys. Just like a YouTube conversation, a Wilco conversation. This has been great, guys. Thanks so much. We will complain about other things later. No, I'm kidding. Our musical road trip continues right now. And we're arriving in Birmingham, England. We're in the Midlands. We're in the Midlands. And this is the song to herald our arrival. Let's go. Johnny Ray, indeed. Poor old Johnny Ray. One of the original crooners. Uh, that's Dexie's Midnight Runners. Hailing from Birmingham, England, uh, with what I thought was the most Irish song ever. By the way, I thought they were Irish, too. Yeah. <laughs> so who knew? Although, huge Irish population in Birmingham. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, um, well, we're all, all in on that song, right? Just a great, great song. Great I love song. that song. That was Great a huge song. hit on the dance floor at Haverford College and Excellent. also in law school. I would go Come out and so Oh, dude. The... Riot. Come on. So I actually wish that you'd started at the bridge. That's where you were. Yeah. And that's where it all really happens. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's good. amazing. And that was uh, one that I played for the girls and they were like, wow, we really like that song. Like, no, have no. You, have right. you, like right. me, did you go through the Dexies? catalog looking for other come on eileen's did they're not there gino is okay and there's well, like really, really funny is that it came out and it, it comes out in the early 80s right like maybe 82, yeah, 82. Um, and so I, I knew enough not like that's when i was in high school i was like oh no dexie's midnight runners i will not be buying a record i'm gonna need to hear a second song and i never heard a second song on the radio so i was like fine <laughs> Yeah. And then when I got to college, I was equally cheap. I'm like, I'm certainly not going to buy a CD now. Like, that's yeah. 15 bucks. And that's not even like the greatest hits for Dexter's Midnight Runner. Uh, but then when Spotify came along, I was like, now here's my time. Like, maybe, maybe I'll find the hidden gem. But nope, no luck at all. It's amazing, isn't it? Because like you hear that song, and like, there's got to be at least one to three other. And you can make a nice little 15 minute Dexie's little mix for yourself. Yeah, nope. no. Nope. nope. The, actual, 
as we've mentioned before on the podcast, is that the amazing thing is to write one really good song. I know. Uh-huh. You know how hard it is to do that? It's so no hard. Fans never do that. Don't, so t- don't fucking fuck like, instead of being mad at Texas Midnight Runners, I'm like, good job by y'all. I know. Young good sirs. I know. And a solid music video at the time. Oh, that woman in the overalls. Oh, overalls, man. Come on. God. She was she That's was quite a adorable. Sister of the lead singer of Banana Rama. Who knew? How about that? Yeah. Good, good times. Hey, um, Come on, Eileen, reached number one in the United States of America for one week in April of 1983. It knocked out what song? That April of 1983? That it spent seven weeks at number one. I'm going to say beat it. No, it knocks out Billie Jean. Nice. And, That's then, a good is, solid though, Jeff. and then is replaced by beat it. So oh, so I'm right in between the Billie Jean beat exactly. Michael Jackson had like 12 weeks at number one, except Dexy jumped in there in between. So excuse me, that's amazing. Um, that's how that's how popular that song was. Like that is not that's amazing because so, I mean nobody was challenging Michael Jackson that year. I know. So so, Birmingham, England, uh, big city. Uh, what's the population? Jeff Simons, closest to the pen. 400 million. I'm so bad at this. Now, okay. Uh, in all seriousness, Birmingham uh, has a, is 2.7 million people. Okay. Uh, ben, you're going to go over or under? I'm going to go under. It is under. It is 1.1 million. Can you give you me- You said it was a big city, you schmuck. No. It's 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 still British. Uh, so ben I'm going Bar- to discuss this when we get to uh, my part. <laughs> Ben, can you give me the top five largest cities in England? Yeah, London, 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 London. <laughs> London nothing else matters. I'm done now, right? <laughs> what a jerk! Why, why, why are you pissing off our English audience? My God! First of all, they've got to agree with that. There's one city that matters in that entire stupid country. <laughs> ben is not taking his pain. He's not helping. Um. Jeff, would you like to play the game? I'll try. Uh, London, uh, Manchester, Birmingham, Liverpool, and um, uh, Newcastle. Leeds uh, is next if we're looking at metropolitan areas. London, Manchester is smaller than Birmingham, though, right? Birmingham is second. Manchester is third. I did pretty good, though. That's not bad. I thought you did good. That was really well done. Um, so it's the, um, it also has the third largest St. Patrick's Day parade in the world, uh, behind which two cities, Ben Barton? Well, Dublin. Dublin and? New York York City. Excellent. Excellent. Dublin and New York City. Um, I actually can't believe New York is not making it despite Ferris Bueller. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Ferris Bueller had a lovely... Uh, selling point for the St. Patty's Day parade, but no. Um, awesome. Jeff Simons, we went to graduate school in Oxford, England, we and did. we traveled to Stratford upon Avon, which is not too far from Birmingham. But I was, you know, we never made it to Manchester, nope. we never made it to Birmingham, and I'm c- kind of kicking myself now. Um, but Ben Barton, this is the portion of the show we like to call Tim and Jeff Friends Forever. Uh, and the question is, name the four cities in Europe 
we visited during graduate school. And I'm going to give you a hint. We got to one by train, one by car, one by plane, and one by ferry. So we took we had to take the train to the ferry. But those are your those are your clues. Four cities in Europe that you think Jeff and I would have visited. Uh, so you visited London. We did indeed. Also, also Edinburgh. But yeah, okay, good. I oh, forgot about. No, I was going to do Edinburgh. I don't get to count Edinburgh. No, Why did we you did... just give him that? Because we took a car to Edinburgh. I totally forgot we went to London. All right, keep going. <laughs> I was going to get Edinburgh. That was an obvious. Get, one. You get Edinburgh. You're you get two Edinburgh. For two. You're two did for you go five. To Dublin? So there are five. Yeah, we did. Uh, go we to went Dublin. to Dublin. Excellent. That was Very the ferry. Good. Okay, great. Um, so I'm at three of five. Huh? That's correct. Yeah. You're on fire. I'm going to go ahead and say Paris. Yep. Paris by train. Excellent. Run the Ooh. table. So now we need a flight. What's left yeah. is a flight. Yeah. Rome. Oh, that's a good guess. Think poor graduate students who are looking for the cheapest city in Europe in which to party. <laughs> Warsaw. I mean, no, we went to yeah. we went to we went to Prague. Oh, oh Prague. Yeah, that's a good pretty one. good. Yeah. Um, in the neighborhood actually I yeah it really was that was a really good guess <laughs> jeff simons uh out of those five which was your favorite i don't want to pick a favorite they were all great they were all great um See, this is how you cater to an the, audience the, band. they can no the <laughs> the i never the heart the biggest laugh was on the charles bridge in Prague. that was oh the hardest god. laugh i almost oh god I almost peed my pants we were laughing so hard <laughs> Um, and I think I was probably most charmed by Edinburgh because I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. But oh, Dublin was hard. Fantastic. Dublin yeah, was hard to beat, like because we were we had just read Ulysses. We were primed for the pump. Like yeah. it was great. Good stuff. Europe. And, we like and, it. And, and your brother tagged along for Dublin, which was uh which is it, so its own form of of awesomeness. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, uh, so the interns have been working very hard in the last few days, uh, trying to um filter out birmingham songs from birmingham songs uh for the compilation here in the torture basement Woo! i was wondering i was wondering oh. if we were going to get randy newman's birmingham uh, in a, in a or, faux pas yeah john mellencamp when jesus left birmingham there is one act that might have slipped through um okay but it's such a beautiful song and you'll hear it right off the top that I wanted oh, to okay. keep it in there, even if they're talking about Alabama. I'm actually not sure what they're talking about. But this is the uh, Torture Basement. I've got 15 songs. You are going to guess the artist for all 15 songs. And okay. this one is going to be pretty darn torturous. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. It's 14 songs. Just 14. Okay. I um I have figured out this week how we can stop and uh, guess and then keep going. So Look that'll be nice. us growing yeah. up here on the okay. podcast. Okay, are we ready? Here goes the first pass. Let's go. Jumping down 
from Birmingham. Was that 14? Yeah, I counted okay. 14. Okay, what do you think? 11? Oh, if we get 11, it'll be a miracle. All right. That first song's god awful. What you, ben, that, ben, Barton, was... I, ben Barton, I know you're getting to the last one. Uh, so I'm excited. No way. I was really struggling with that. I'm about to I'm hear it again. I'm excited for you to get that last one. Hey, uh, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come back with the compilation in just a second. Hey, welcome back. All right, what do you want? How do you want to do this, Jeff? All right, I think we should do the like one at a time, and then uh, we'll just see what we get. So, all right, since, since I, all right, here we go. Starting again. I got a guess on this. Okay, oh, wait, hold on. I've got a guess. Do you want to yeah. guess, Jeff, or no? No, I have no idea who that is. Uh, Judas Priest is from Birmingham. I'm gonna oh, guess that's good. I was going to guess Def Leppard. I was trying to think of British metal bands that might uh -oh. have losers from Birmingham. Well, remember I said that we weren't sure which Birmingham this song was about. So this uh, is a shitty American metal band. It is indeed a shitty American band. I have no idea who it is. Uh, it is Night Ranger. <laughs> oh, that's awful. You suck. That's just so <laughs> unfair. That's just not called for at all. First of all, I want to that for Judas Priest. That should be, you should have given us a Judas Priest song in that slot. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Number two. Oh, my God. Oh, I cannot place that. 
I mean, it could be Lloyd Cole. Um, no idea. Uh, yeah, well, Lloyd Cole, sure. Lloyd Cole and the no, commotions. Donovan. No, the next song is Donovan. Your notes are incorrect. Oh, shit. Wait. Oh, whoa. Oh, do it again. Do it again. Oh, uh, you should oh. get this then. You're yeah, right. I I'm... did flip them. I can't place it. I oh. can't get it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I wish it was Donovan so you wouldn't have to eat this. Uh, it is the Kinks. That's the Kinks? Yeah. The Road. Live. Oh, that's why his voice sounds all low and weird. I had the right year, though. It was the 80s. Okay. Okay. This is Donovan. And awful. This song's awful. <laughs> jumping down from the <laughs> that is some terrible. This next song I've got, uh, Ben, this is The Police. Yeah, I was going to get that. I have The Police. Yeah. It's a B-side called A Sermon. I've never heard of it. It's the B-side to... Uh, it's the B-side to Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. Oh. Which I actually had on a 45. That's how I know that song so well. All right, here we go. Oh, I got this. What is it, Ben? That's the Smiths. Yep. yep. Hang the DJ, hang the DJ. And then, Jeff, you had number six? Yeah, I totally got it. But Ben has Ben knows this one, too. Right, sex pistols, yeah. Sex pistols. Yeah. That's bodies, right? Is the name of that song. Yeah. All right. I think you have brought back one of last week's torturers. That's the fall, isn't it? Isn't that Marky Smith? Very yeah, good. Wow. That is the fall. I don't know what song it is. I just the recognize Birmingham him. School of Business in Birmingham is the name of that song. <laughs> well, that seems like an appropriate one to pick for the for the <laughs> compilation. And I know this this next one is. I right got in the, the next one too. Yeah. Yeah. Say it, Ben. What song is that? Uh, the streets Pope? of sorrow. Streets of sorrow into Birmingham. The Birmingham six. Six. Yeah. Nice. It's on uh, Fall from Grace. Now, the reason I'm confused by number two is I thought this was the king. Did you why double do, up the kinks? Why do you think that's the kinks? Because that's that's Ray Davies singing, isn't it? Well, he might have had a solo career there. Just oh, my time. God. Come you on. picked a Ray Davis solo <laughs> Ray <song>? Davis. <laughs> well, I'm, take, I'm taking that. I'm Yo, taking that, that to sure. the gang. That. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I redeemed myself, I guess, for missing the kink song. All right, here we go. I think we're going to do pretty well here. We got a little string. Benny? Yeah, it's or McCartney on it. Yep. Good job. That's, um, by the way, the Wings song is called Hell in Wheels. Yeah. It's a play on Hell on Wheels. But with the it's name Helen, funny. I thought it was a play on Helen Hughes playing, but uh, OK, we'll say it's a Helen. All right. Um, and this is uh, 
this is electric light orchestra and the reason you know is because it quotes rhapsody in blue at the end like the complete doofuses that they are <laughs> Ben, who's that? Just Ben's got that one. Yeah, that's nice. English beat. Yeah, English beat. Actually, you guys, hold on. You're on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One we more, and you more. win. All right. I, I don't know either one of these, but I, I don't I have anything have... else written down. Yeah. So I think I'm going to have a guess on this one, though. Okay, I've never heard that song before, but I think Timmy's bringing back ones that screwed us. That's Travis, isn't it? Is that Travis? Did I, I get it? to be insane to bring two bands back the <laughs> next week. And I am. That is Travis. Excellent. So who's the last one? 11 out of 10. Let's uh, concentrate on the woman best. Where are you from? She sounds like she sounds like in her most famous one hit wonder song. Where she also talks. That was Nina Cherry. Oh, oh. the Buffalo Stance. I love that song, Buffalo Stance, by the way. Me that's too. We've done that on the podcast. Song. That song that's a great, great song. Uh, you guys, you did very, very well for what I thought was going to be a very tough Midlands edition of the Torture Basement. That felt good. It felt oh, good. Yeah. We got we got a little roll going there. That's All why right. you listen to obscure B-sides, so you can get the police <laughs> a sermon when you're 54. And you, being... knew, you knew it would come back. Hey, um... Some more facts about Birmingham, England. Uh, so is it Aston Villa? Is that how I pronounce the name of the Premier League team? So the Aston Villa manager calls up the managers of other teams in other towns uh, and says, hey, what do you think about we do a home and away match next season? And we call it like, I don't know, the Football League. This is the very first English Football League starts thanks to the Aston Villa manager in Birmingham, England. And I'm wondering what is the date that that uh, that that idea came about? Ooh, what is the first organized formation year? of a professional soccer league in England? Yep. I'm going to say the 1880s. You are exactly correct. Can you get even more exact? I'll say 1888 because it's fun to say. You're on. (laughs) The correct answer is 1888. Oh, my my God. All right. Ben, uh, (laughs) this light is shining now. Let's see how you do with this. There is another sport uh, that traces its origins back to Birmingham, Birmingham, England, at least the modern form of the sport. What game was invented around 1860 in Birmingham, England. At least this modern version of the sport. Rugby. Oh, 
Such a good guess. They do have a good rugby history in Birmingham, but the correct answer was tennis. Really? Yeah. And that's fascinating. All right. This song is particularly for Jeff Simons. So think about that, Jeff. Who opened a coffee, tea, and drinking chocolate shop in 1824? Uh, Cadbury. Excellent. John Cadbury did, and it lost money, and his sons are like, you know what? Let's just focus on the chocolate and get rid of the coffee and tea. Good call by the sons way back in 18... uh, I think they ditched the coffee and tea in the 1860s as well. 1824, chocolate comes from Birmingham. No, come on. No, Cadbury chocolate. (laughs) Okay, Cadbury chocolate. What else comes from Birmingham? Um, Heavy metal? Good. Um, Wait, wait, we're not going to agree to that. That, That's not right. You don't agree with that, Jeff. No, I don't. (laughs) Okay. Um, Plastic or an early form of plastic? I don't agree with that. The postage (laughs) stamp? Um and appeasement. <laughs> That's where Neville Neville Chamberlain is from Birmingham. Chamberlain's from Birmingham. So I think that's a good pretty joke. much that's where it started. Well done. Um I assumed it was two people in the Cadbury uh coffee shop fighting over the last fruit and nut bar. And they did. <laughs> and um James Watt and the steam engine uh trace their way back to the city of a thousand trades, Birmingham, England. And what we're going to do, Jeff Simons, is we're going to play with this idea of James Watt as Birmingham's favorite son for a long time until someone put that steam engine on a crazy train and there was a new favorite son. (laughs) I don't mean to be imitating the laugh at the beginning of Crazy Train. I didn't even uh, go to school for this stuff. So this is... Uh, That was just really well done. All right, here we go. Little, Little Ozzy. that you know when i was in middle school and there was talk of this guy who who chomped the head off a bat on stage and it's like so scary i'm like oh my god what ah and i imagine like bat blood coming down this guy's face like and then you listen to the line like 
people need to learn how to love and forget how to hate. I'm like, oh, it's so warm and nice. No, and it's also, also like crazy. You know how it goes. I know. Busy middle-aged man. It's hard to be me. It's just a lot of things going on in Ozzy's life. That has more to do eating. with the Beatles than it does with bat, bat eating. Like it's a big, pretty melody. Like that sounds, yeah. that sounds great, man. Uh, so so the guitarist on that song is Randy Rhodes, one of the most famous heavy metal guitarists. He okay. died in a plane crash in 82, uh, which like the hardcore Aussie heads are like, that was the death of it all. Like he was going to be Hendrix. You just don't understand, blah, blah, blah. One thing that I think is hilarious, and I, this is uh, off the top of my head, so I, I may have this wrong, is so the guy dies, and then after he dies, there's an Ozzy revisitation of this song, where Ozzy yes. claims that he wrote not only the lyrics and not only the melody of the singing, but the entire song, and that he hummed the guitar riff to Randy Rhodes, uh. who did it based on Ozzy's specifications. And I was like, if that guy didn't die to play with her, he'd be at your house choking you right now. Like, there's no way that that's true. There's no way that story gets told unless the other guy is oh, dead. Of course. Yeah. Like, All right, listen, it goes, ba-da, 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 ba-da. You play that. You play that. Like, that's definitely not what happened. No. Well, especially because you just sounded so much more coherent than Ozzy ever did. Oh, like, yeah. No. <laughs> He's busy. You know how it goes. Yeah. So, so that's Ozzy was in a band called Black Sabbath first. Yes. And Black Sabbath has nothing to do with Judas Priest. Nothing to do with Judas. Because what I've done is I've kind of put all the metal bands together as into like one scary group of people you're not allowed group. to listen to. I and love yeah, that. Like there are other bands like from Birmingham, like Godflesh. I'm like, okay, no, like we do not call our band Godflesh. That's just <laughs> sacrilegious. Uh, all these scary names. But are you picking them for your? Who are you picking, Jeff? I'm not doing. I'm not doing. You're I'm not doing do- heavy metal. I'm not doing him. I was going to do right. Black Sabbath, but I just don't love them enough. Like there are a handful of Black Sabbath songs I absolutely love. And I'm actually in it for the really early Black Sabbath. Like the first record is kind of funny and cartoony and sludgy. But by the time they're all coked up and they're trying to play slow, I just. Uh, You're out. I, I Well, I just have to be in the exact mood. And a whole Black Sabbath album is 10 minutes too long. Like, I never make it through. A, I like Paranoid. I can listen to Paranoid all the way through and enjoy oh, it. And you, like, you did War Pigs on the, on the podcast. Yeah. We've really, like, we've done the best Black Sabbath song. Yeah, no and, question. Um, I think you'll agree with me. Like, Judas Priest suck. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, I'm a fan of this genre. Like, I, yeah, I, you are. I metal genre. I have no beef with that whatsoever. I consider Def Leppard to be just masterworks. But I mean, Judas Priest is like, oh, please, no. Yeah. Yeah, they're bad. I mean, but, I love another thing coming is a great song. Couple I was about to ask, what, that's, that's what you think the best Judas Priest song is? Uh, breaking the law. Breaking the law. It's good. I think I think you got another thing coming is my favorite just because I, I I just I think it's fun and it's got like a bridge it's got that cool little halftime bridge but there's other ones I like what's yours I don't have one I think they suck oh okay there you go <laughs> I like free wheel I like free wheel burning for no reason I thought that song was good but they have some songs that are so they have some songs that are so unbelievably bad like if you go to Spotify and do a couple, do like the, this is Judas Priest. You'll be like, this is hot garbage really, really quick. Well, what we could do, um, because we're going to end the first half of the podcast right now. So I want you to play a Judas Priest song to play us out. And then we'll start next week's podcast and our three picks in Birmingham, England. Oh.
I'm so sorry to have to wait a week to have that conversation. But uh, uh, I know. All right, let me see if I can find one that's really. <laughs> oh, here we go. No, that this is this is probably the closest thing they have to like a. This is a, Judas Priest. Judas Priest, the closest thing they have to a song that regular people would not hate. This is okay. Living After Midnight. Oh. <laughs> that is the germ beat everybody starts with. If that song comes out after rock and roll all night and party every day, right? It sure does. I mean, it's, it's so fun. I mean, it's like it's so unoriginal. It's like it's aggressively unoriginal. Yeah. So that was well, the- there's been a lot of songs about rocking all night. What can we do about that? They're like, well, that's tough, man. I don't know. How are we possibly gonna <laughs> what, fix what that? about hey? What if we just chose after midnight? That's not all night, it's just half the night. They're like, bang, cut it. That's a hit. Stop! Um, stop before you hurt yourself. It's oh, th- it's three a.m. I must be lonely. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades, and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.